I just want to pause here and say that I don't for a moment think that hormone imbalances alone are the issue for most people who are feeling compulsive or out of control around food, who are eating in secret or binge eating. But feeling safe and calm and secure in your own body is a key part of the healing process, which is why feeling genuinely physically satisfied by the food you eat is so important. Welcome to the Yo-Yo Freedom Podcast. This is the place to learn actionable step-by-step tools and strategies to help you stop binging or overeating and start feeling relaxed and confident around food so that you can show up for your life on your terms. I'm Gemma Keys, and I know firsthand what it's like to feel out of control around food and trapped in the pain of binge eating and body shame. There is a way out. Keep listening to discover your path to food freedom. Hello and welcome again to the Yo-Yo Podcast. If you've been listening over the last couple of episodes, we've had a sort of mini-series on some of the key hormones that regulate and impact hunger, which is an area that's really helpful to understand so that you know a bit more about what's happening in your body and why it's going on. It can help create more curiosity and inquisitiveness and hopefully less self-criticism and judgment about what you're feeling or what you're doing in any kind of moment, especially around what you're eating, why you're eating it and why you want it. So, Today, we're going to finish up this section on hunger hormones for now by adding in just one more hormone, and it's a hormone that helps you feel full. But actually, full is probably the wrong word, because if binge eating or feeling sort of compulsive around food is a thing for you, then feeling full probably has a very different meaning. For me, it meant getting to stuffed so full that it felt as if there was no emptiness left in my body and I sort of mentally and emotionally became heavy in a sort of grounded way and also lethargic and zoned out and in that moment I finally felt calm. Awful could mean having uncomfortable digestive symptoms or headaches or having to loosen waistbands or change clothes or not be able to focus anymore. That's a kind of full that I talked about more in episode 16 because there are actually some really compelling reasons to want to get to that feeling of full. So if that's something that you're interested in, do go back and listen if you'd like to. However, having said all that, that's not the kind of fool that we're going to talk about today. Instead, the sort of fool that we're going to talk about in this episode is more of a pleasant satisfaction, a sense that enough food has been eaten, that the body has what it needs. Instead of being on alert and focused on food, there's more of a feeling of physical contentment and an ability to relax and focus on something different just because all is right in the world when it comes to getting enough sustenance to be safe and well. When you feel that sense of satiety, that's such a tongue twister, I'm going to have another go. When you feel that sense of satiety, (laughs) just about managed it, 
you're much less likely to get triggered by external stuff like cafes pumping out smells of fresh bread or pizza or fries. It's like you can get those things if you want them, but you're kind of okay for now. So maybe another time would be fine. And actually, as a slight tangent, having those conversations with yourself like, hmm, I could have it, but I feel kind of okay now. So maybe I'll have it later instead, or maybe another time. Those internal conversations can be really validating and affirming and support you in a moment that might be exactly what you need to hear. So the hormone we're talking about today, the hormone that helps you feel full and satisfied is called leptin. We touched on it very briefly a couple of episodes ago, but we're going to go into it in a little bit more detail now. My favourite way to think about it is like a warm house on a snowy winter's day or a lodge, (laughs) just because it has the same first letter. L for leptin, L for lodge. And I like that. What can I say? If you picture a wooden lodge, maybe on a snowy mountain, let's use a ski resort as an example. Imagine that lodge with a log fire burning inside. It's all warm and cosy with blankets and snuggliness and all those hygge elements. It's snowing outside and it's cold, but inside is this gorgeous warmth and welcome. Now, If you love skiing or you want to build a snowman or hike or play in the snow or just be outside or doing anything at all, it's so fun to get out in that snow. In your imagination, you're probably raring to go and explore and have some adventures and getting out in that snow and having a bit of fun is all the more appealing knowing that lovely warm lodge is waiting for you afterwards. So I like to think of leptin a bit like that warm lodge, a warm sense of satisfaction and satiety because there's enough food in your body and it gives you a safe and sure base that creates the energy to focus on different things. It allows you to look outside and explore or play or whatever it is that your dreams involve. But Imagine instead what it would be like if that lodge is cold and abandoned. No fire, ice on the inside of the windows, sort of stark and bare. If that was where you were staying, probably your focus would be on finding ways to stay warm and safe. Venturing out and enjoying the snow just wouldn't be top of your list. And that can be a bit like what it's like to be hungry or unsatisfied. It takes up your attention and mental and physical resources. When leptin is out of balance, it's as if your body doesn't create that safe, warm lodge that you can return to. Because even if the fire goes out in the lodge, you have everything you need right there to light it and to recreate that environment that feels nurturing and good. I guess that idea kind of draws some parallels with attachment theory, but that's another conversation for another day. Hopefully, the warm lodge is a helpful visual or metaphor for what leptin offers in the body. 
It's a hormone that signals satiety and satisfaction when you've had enough to eat. And by letting you know when you've had enough to eat, the complementary role of leptin is to keep the body at a healthy weight with the right amount of fat stores. In fact, leptin is actually released from fat cells. So leptin sends messages to the brain to let it know when you've had enough to eat and when there's enough fat on your body to allow you to stop eating and to move your body. In other words, going back to the metaphor, leptin provides a signal that lodge is warm and snug enough for you to want to venture out into the snow to work or travel or just have fun, whatever you want to do. Now, that's kind of a feeling we all want to have, right? And when leptin was discovered, you can probably imagine the pharmaceutical industry went wild and tried to translate this knowledge into yet another miracle weight loss drug that would help all of us who are struggling with food and weight-related health issues. But the body is such a complex, dynamic living system that it just didn't turn out to be quite so simple. Even if lots of leptin is being produced, it's not always being recognised. And hormones work together. They don't work individually. And they're impacted by so many other factors that, as with everything, when it comes to drugs and the body, it's just never completely straightforward. Physiology isn't physics. That's what my teachers always reminded me of. Which is why, in this episode we're looking at how and why leptin can get out of whack and the ways to rebalance leptin levels in your body so that you can have that sense of a warm, welcoming lodge to return to. Or in other words, a sense of satisfaction and satiety so that you can feel safe and looked after in your own body, your own home, which can be such an important part of the puzzle in helping ease urgency and compulsions around food. So a super quick recap. Leptin is the hormone that helps you feel that sense of having had enough to eat. It sends signals to the brain that it's okay to stop eating and to move and that you have enough energy stores in your body, aka body fat stores, to survive and to stay alive. When hunger hormones are out of whack, there might still be lots of leptin in your body, but it may not be recognised. It's as if the brain doesn't register the signals that leptin is trying to send. And when that happens, there's no message in the body to stop eating or to move. Your body may even think it's underfed. So you're driven to eat more, move less and store more backup energy supplies in fat cells. It even makes more leptin because the leptin it is making isn't being recognised properly. And when even more is released, it just creates more confusion. There's loads of leptin, but it's not being recognised and the body's in a sort of overload. So it reduces its responsiveness to leptin even more. So the impact for us when that happens is that it becomes more and more difficult to feel satisfied by the food we've eaten. Now, I just want to pause here and say that I don't for a moment think that hormone imbalances alone are the issue for most people who are feeling compulsive or out of control around food, who are eating in secret or binge eating. But feeling safe and calm and secure in your own body is a key part of the healing process, which is why feeling genuinely physically satisfied by the food you eat is so important. So, 
finding ways to increase sensitivity to this satiety hormone leptin, well, it's a yes please from me, that's for sure. And this is how to begin to make small changes that have a big impact on your body actually being able to hear those messages of fullness and having had enough to eat that leptin is sending. I always like to pick out just a few things that have the biggest impact with the simplest changes. So that's what you'll hear next. I know simple doesn't always mean easy or automatic or intuitive, but picking one of these to focus on, one that feels the most poignant for you, is a brilliant way to start. So the first way is to do your very best to get enough sleep in. That seven to nine hours helps reduce hunger and cravings so much. And part of that is due to the hormone leptin. Leptin is actually produced while you're sleeping. That's a pretty straightforward reason to want to get the sleep in, isn't it? I want my body to feel less hungry and more satisfied. And it's going to really, really help with that when I get enough sleep. Now, I know that sleep isn't always going to happen. I'm 47, so I must be perimenopausal, and I have two kids, so I remember oh so well what it's like when they're little. And work pressure, waking up in the middle of the night, worrying or stressed, I really do get it. There are so many valid reasons that sleep can be tricky, including being on a bit of a sugar roller coaster at bedtime, which is so common with nighttime eating. So I just wanted to quickly mention that if you do struggle with sleep because you have a little one or maybe have hot flushes or have other stresses in your life, I get it. Getting enough sleep might not be the easiest thing in the world right now, but what you can do is try to create a window for rest, that seven to nine hours without looking at your phone or iPad or whatever, or If you have a little one, make lying down for half an hour more important than clearing up the complete carnage they've created so far in the day or catching up on other chores. Having that window when you lie down and rest your body, it can be so helpful in beginning to relax and move toward more sleep. The second way is to slow down when you're eating. Now, part of me can't decide whether to laugh or cry when I hear that one, because eating slowly when you're feeling out of control around food, it just doesn't fit together. Honestly, the number of times I've eaten a bag of fresh cookies in under 90 seconds, it could easily have been in under 60 seconds. Well, it must be in the thousands. But one of the reasons eating slowly works is that it activates stretch receptors and the food intake is registered. There are lots of different ways that these signals are created and lots of hormonal and neurotransmitter interactions happen. And leptin is an important part of it. No matter what you're eating, slowing it down is always helpful So eating slowly means signals of fullness are sent to your brain way more effectively and you're more likely to register pleasure from eating and to feel more satisfied. If you're anything like me and almost every person I work with, starting to try to eat slowly when you're already completely frantic for ice cream or a supersized Mackey D's, 
isn't always going to work. So I recommend experimenting with a safe meal. You probably know the ones, perhaps in the morning when the day's just started and you're rested and you're not overly hungry or frazzled and in a place of feeling relaxed and making choices that feel good, eating in a way that you like. Or maybe for you it's lunchtime or another time of day. Whenever it is, try slowing down a little and see what happens. It can sometimes even feel boring when you do that, but it is well worth an experiment and I really invite you to give it a try. Sometimes a few tricks can be helpful here, like putting down your fork or your sandwich in between bites or trying to chew the food 20 times before you swallow it, or having a couple of minutes break halfway through a plate of food, or even taking three slightly slower breaths between mouthfuls. What what works is different for everybody. Any eating you can slow down and become a little more conscious around, including that second pint of ice cream or second bag of Doritos, it's always so worthwhile. And the third way to help feel fuller and more satisfied for longer is to reduce or even out those blood sugar and insulin spikes. Now, that does not have to mean cutting out sugar. So keep listening if that immediately sounds like a complete turn off. But the reason it makes sense to reduce spikes in insulin and just as a side note here, in case you haven't listened to a previous episode Insulin is a hormone that we need to move sugar from our blood into our cells to create the energy to live. So it's pretty important. But the reason it makes sense to reduce those insulin spikes is that insulin gets in the way of leptin being recognised in the body. So how to even out blood sugar and insulin? Well, I went into that in much more detail in episode 17. So you might like to go back and listen to that episode and I'll link it in the show notes. But here's a sample of some of the things you can do that will support you. Number one is to eat veggies or salad first, because just changing the order of the food you eat, even if you finish with a dessert or sweeties, can help reduce insulin spikes. And the second one is add something to a sugary or refined carb type of treat, add something, that's a bit of a joy to hear, right? But yes, if you add a dollop of Greek yogurt to a pudding or eat butter or cheese with your crackers, it can help lower the impact of those refined carbs on your body and on your hormone levels. So if you do want to hear more, just go back and listen to episode 17. So let's pull this episode together. Leptin is a hormone that helps you feel satisfied rather than hungry. The more our bodies register the signals from leptin, the more content we feel with the food that we've eaten. Think of that warm, cosy, welcoming lodge that's so safe and inviting. When hormones are out of balance, the messages get scrambled and our bodies get confused. And the places you can begin to rebalance leptin are by number one, getting those seven to nine hours of sleep in, number two, eating slowly, and number three, evening out sugar spikes and insulin spikes in your blood. Try choosing one of those that you're drawn to, if you want to, and treat it as an experiment. Do you like it? Does it fit in with your day? 
Is it something you want to repeat? When you feel comfortable and ready, maybe add another one, like prioritising sleep and slowing down with the food, or doing some things to reduce insulin and sugar spikes and eating more slowly. Those strategies, they're each complementary, so you're likely to notice the benefits increase exponentially when you begin to combine them. And if you haven't got it already, get your hands on my free guide, Eight Simple Strategies to Break the Binge Eating Cycle. I'll link it in the show notes. And when you sign up for it, you'll also get a weekly encouraging, supportive email from me, which I really hope helps you feel as seen and understood and loved, I suppose, as possible. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast for more insight, tools and support as you pull back from binging and overeating and step into your most authentic, vibrant life. If you found this episode helpful, it would be wonderful if you'd take a moment to rate the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast on whichever platform you listen on. Thank you so much. Bye-bye for now.